The Detroit Tigers have found their man. They have hired Scott Harris to be the new president of baseball operations. A new era of Detroit Tigers baseball is officially upon us, and we're going to talk about it today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. The Detroit Tigers did play a ball game last night against the Baltimore Orioles, but we're going to save that breakdown and our normal game recaps, player breakdowns, etc. for tomorrow because today... We have to talk about probably the second biggest news story in the calendar year for the Detroit Tigers, and that is Scott Harris is now the president of baseball operations for your Detroit Tigers. This is right off the bat. Let's just get a few things out of the way right off rip here. Okay, first and foremost, a lot of confusion around about the general manager position and, oh, he wasn't brought in as the general manager. What does that mean? What's president of of baseball operations uh president of baseball ops is is up here at the top and gm is below that so this dude is calling the shots now they could bring in yet another hire another dude to step in and be general manager that absolutely could happen but it doesn't I don't want to say it doesn't matter because it obviously matters. And we see in baseball, we, we see a lot of kind of one-two punches, I guess you would call them, right? Like in Philly, we have Dabrowski and Fold, right? Dabrowski calling the shots, but like Sam Fold is active GM. And the reason that it, this got all confusing in the last 20 years is because people wanted a way to poach general managers and front office executives from other teams. And this is precisely what the Detroit Tigers just did to the San Francisco Giants. And so they started creating positions above general manager because they were like, well, if they promote them, then here we go. And then if we if we offer them a promotion, a slight pay raise, they'll come here and then we'll be able to kind of steal them from th- this organization. It's exactly what just happened. Scott Harris was the general manager of the San Francisco Giants, has been since 2019. Now, Zaidi is one of the best front office minds in baseball, widely considered to be one of the best uh, presidents of baseball ops, I guess you would say, one of the best front office personnel in the sport. He is the the president of ops for the San Francisco Giants. So it'll be interesting to see. Interesting is a dumb word. We have a lot to discuss. We have a lot to discuss, and we'll we'll, we'll definitely get there uh, when we kind of break down more in-depth Scott Harris But I just want to get to the surrounding questions first. I want to get to, again, what's going to happen with general manager. There's a chance that Menzin is just left at GM. And I'm okay with that. I'm not losing sleep over GM anymore, and you shouldn't either. Because no matter who, I could get hired as GM. You could get hired as GM. It doesn't matter anymore in the sense, again, it it matters obviously, but in the sense of Scott Harris is the dude. This is the dude that's calling all the shots. He will have all the final says. He is running the ship. He is the man in charge. 
So who we bring in as general manager is nothing more than just who is going to be second in command to Scott Harris. It is not, oh, well, GM actually runs the show and president of baseball ops is a different position. No. Scott Harris is running the show and is making all of the personnel decisions. President of baseball operations. He is making all the choices. He's making all the decisions. He's calling the shots. This is his show now. The Detroit Tigers are run by Scott Harris, much like they were ran by Al Avila for the last seven years. Doesn't matter if they don't end up giving him the GM title. Uh, but something that is, I, I just said it, it didn't really matter, but it didn't matter in the sense of, of who's in charge. It will be so, uh, a situation to keep an eye on. We, we will see if they go outside again. That would be super interesting to me. And that would, I think, be a real sign of a changing of the tides here. But I'm not against the, the front office we have in place. There's this kind of mis, uh, misconception, I guess is the right word, that everything that has touched the Detroit Tigers at top to bottom at every level of the farm is just complete garbage. And that's simply not true. The development side of the Tigers has taken leaps forward since bringing on A.J. Hinch and since kind of a front office overhaul of the last two years. Uh, There is, contrary to popular belief, actually quite a lot that is going right at the lower levels. And and so it wouldn't shock me if some of these front office, some of these pieces that are already in the front office remain or, or or if Menzen just continues to be the GM. It also would be just as not shocking to me, just as equally not surprising if they turned around and said, we're not just, we're just not going to have a traditional GM. And Scott is going to be the, it's weird saying my own name. Scott is going to be the head of baseball ops. And then we're just going to have a bunch of assistants around him. And again, those people that are already in place may keep their job. They may not. Scott's the top dog. He might come in and, and, that the possibilities are endless, and that makes this such an exciting time. Uh, a little nerve-wracking, but very exciting because clearly something needs to change. He could come in, and, and two months from now, we could have a completely different front office. Or he could come in, and, and two months from now, we, he maybe adds a person or two but doesn't get rid of anybody. Because, again, the development side of things has been nice. And the last two drafts, not the three before that, But the last two drafts have been pretty widely considered to be really solid drafts by the Detroit Tigers, even in the later rounds. The scouting department is looked at way more fondly than it was three, four, five years ago. This isn't a a complete dumpster fire of a situation, which is why they were able to pry the general manager of a team who won 107 baseball games last year to come run it. It's fun. It's fun. We're happy. This this is the I feel this feels like the fastest I've talked on here in in, in three months. Uh, probably actually since Avila got canned. To be honest with you, this is exciting. This is so exciting, and, and I truly cannot articulate how awesome <laughs> I think this is. Now, there, there's a lot that still needs to be proven. I guess is the word. I really like this hire on September 19th, September 20th, 2022. I'm a huge fan. I I think it's pretty much impossible to look at this and come to the conclusion that this is a 
that that you don't like Scott Harris. Now, that's not to say that there isn't still a lot to prove, okay? And let, let's get into that. Let, let's just get into the next stage of this conversation, which I think what are we looking for and what are we not to expect, but what he still needs to prove, I guess we'll say. All right, so so let's get to that right after I tell y'all about our friends over at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. Look at that. We're talking about new hires, new hires. It's perfect. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So add your job, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. It's so easy to create a free job post in just minutes. They have simple tools like screening questioning. They make it easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire. That's why small business rates LinkedIn jobs number one on delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody. Welcome back to segment two here of Locked on Tigers. I'm of course your host Scott Bentley. Thanks for thanks for showing up today. You know, this is this is a good day. This is a fun day. We got to change a direction. We have a real direction, and so I want to go over. We still got a lot to talk about here, and I think the next thing I want to cover is yeah. Let's let's just go down what not necessarily the the good and the bad because I really do like this, but what he has to prove. Okay. This is a dude who has been surrounded by winning, right? He was a director of player operations for the Chicago Cubs during their dominant World Series era. A little bit of a Javi Baez connection there, maybe. Um, But he was a, a director of baseball ops during that era. And that team was obviously very good. And then in 2018, he left, got hired to be the general manager for the San Francisco Giants. Again, we already talked about earlier, uh, he was under Zaidi, which, again, Zaidi, it cannot be expressed enough how highly regarded he is and and, uh, that he is the head honcho over there in San Francisco. But Scott was the general manager over there, and that team has found some success and pretty much started turning a corner immediately. Like, least we forget that the Tigers and the Giants tied for the worst record in baseball the year that led to Casey Mize being drafted number one overall, right? Pablo Sandoval walk-off home run, what was it, the last game of the season to uh, give the Tigers the number one overall pick and give the Giants a victory that day. So there's a lot for him to still prove even though he has done been around a lot of winning. And that's the point I'm trying to stress. This is the first time that he has been head dog, right? Again, at the beginning of the show, we kind of highlighted the differences between general manager and president of baseball ops. There is a difference. 
And the job he has now is a lot more higher up in the hierarchy than general manager. So it's awesome. It's definitely not a slight. It is a great thing that he could be under the wing of so many talented and elite front office personnel, like the highest regarded people in baseball front offices. This dude has pretty much been under almost all of them, right? But this is his first real like next step. This is his first real true. You are top dog. You are making all the decisions and it's, it's time to see what you got. And I love it. I think it's the perfect timing to do that. You need savvy. You need young, savvy, unique. What do we talk about over and over again during the trade deadline episode this year? During, I mean, even when Avila was fired, we kept stressing how bland and, and not creative, how uncreative this front office has been for seven years. There's no taking on money to get better prospects. Like we've seen the Giants do. There's no... Uh, I mean, just trades in general. There's no trading anybody with multiple years of control left. That just didn't happen. It was all rentals we only traded. There was zero creativity in this front office. And we're bringing in a dude now that's, that is, uh, by all accounts, a super genius. I mean, he's definitely the definition of like a baseball nerd, which, which I love. I'm a baseball nerd. And it, it's just, I, I love it. I really do love it. And again, this is not a seal of uh, a stamp that I'm giving it of, oh, this is guaranteed to work out and this is going to be fantastic. And, and this is a can't miss guy. There are no can't miss guys in front offices. Every team is different. Every situation is different. Uh, just that's, that's not how it works. And again, this dude has not been the top dog yet. This dude has not been in charge of everything yet. And so this is his first real test, but I'm glad that it's with the Detroit Tigers. So not even like a, like a good news, bad news. Like, I don't want to make it sound like that. Cause I don't, I don't view it as bad news. I actually view it as good news. I think this is the perfect time to bring someone like that in. This is the perfect time for the Tigers to look around and go, you know what? We need young and fresh. We, we need someone who hasn't done this before. We need a, a completely clean slate. And we need someone who's going to come in and work with A.J. Hinch and, and turn this ship around and get us headed in the right direction. And I I just, with the, where the team is at, right, you take one big step forward in 2021 and then a huge two steps back in 2022, this is the time to bring in a guy like that. This is the time to, to bring in a brand new dude and just say, you know what? Whatever direction you want to head, that's where we're headed. And AJ Hinch, that you know, we, we've already talked about talked to Hinch. The media's already gotten some time with AJ to talk about the new hire. And by all, I mean, just look at his face. I think that's the first time I've seen AJ Hinch like genuinely smile and like since May. <laughs> like it, it it's it, he he really did look genuinely excited. And I know that that's kind of. What well, not speculation, but that's kind of whatever. Like, I, I know that that's not concrete. It's not like a real thing to point to and be like, oh, well, AJ Hinch smiled. So you could be excited. I understand that. But just hearing the way he was talking about him, you know, there's no prior relationship there as far as a, as a baseball level. You know, they might be friends or whatever. And AJ said that they had kind of ran into each other 
via different baseball circles that they were a part of, but they've never worked together. And I think that that is also awesome. And part of me, I'll admit, there was a part of me that was worried that the Tigers were just going to go, you know what, AJ came in and did made all these changes and got us started on the right track last year. And we're just kind of going to fall at his feet and, and let him kind of be in charge of whatever. And I, I was slightly worried that AJ was going to bring in a guy that he had had a really close prior connection with and that maybe uh, he felt like he could help call the shots a lot more in the relationship between front office and management. And I'm really happy to see that that's not what they did. Not because I don't trust AJ Hinge. I very much, I know that this season has changed some people's minds, but I am still very much of the belief that AJ Hinge is the manager of this team going forward and deserves to be so. And I, and I think that he is still very good at his job and has a lot left to offer this organization. Um, and I think that it's, but in the same breath, I think it's important that this dude is coming in with his own idea of where the organization needs to head. And clearly AJ was, was right next to Illich there in part of this hiring process for sure. Don't get it twisted. So clearly they have similar ideas of, of where the, the direction that the organization's going. However, I, I think it's cool that we have this guy that is going to come in and not going to be afraid to be like, Hey, no, like I call the shots and, and we need to sit down and actually have a conversation about what this dude, this trade, this free agent signing, et cetera, or, or this developmental style, right? We, we even go into the minors and, and whatnot. I, I just think it, it's really, it has the potential to be so effective and within that, there's also the potential that's not effective and it's a sour relationship or whatnot. But thinking positively, it it certainly has the potential to be these two dudes that have never worked together but want to pull in the same direction and have the same general concept of where they want this team to head. And and dang it, they're going to hit the ground running and really bounce ideas off of each other, and and it's going to be a really good and healthy thing. And I tend to believe that that is what is going to happen. I, I really like it. I really like it a lot. And we still got some stuff to talk about. Uh, So we will get into the rest of Scott Harris and the future of the Detroit Tigers then right after this. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. So Scott Harris, officially the new president of baseball operations for your Detroit Tigers. Uh, Like I said at the beginning, it's really difficult to look at this dude's resume and what he's accomplished so far and be like, no, this sucks. Look, there's really nothing to point to, to be like, look, I, this is going to suck. There's still question marks. Like I said, this is still his, his first time being at the top, but there's no, there's nothing you can point to and be like, look at this team. He was on sucked or, or look at, look at all these drafts. All of these were, were absolutely horrible. There isn't really any glaring weakness of him other than this is the first time he's going to be out from somebody else's wing. And given the two teams that he has been a part of, I think 
it makes this offseason specifically super fascinating because we saw with the Cubs what happens when you do a complete teardown of a rebuild, right? You tear it down all the way to nothing. You have one of the worst teams in baseball, and then you build it back up again and you win a World Series, right? We've seen that, and he was a part of a lot of years in that front office, right? Not the entire rebuild, right? Not like the, the super, super early days where they were, whatever, losing 110 games necessarily, but he was a part of the a lot of the good years of that rebuild and the World Series team, obviously. So we have that side of baseball front office strategy covered, we'll say. Then we have the San Francisco Giants and the San Francisco Giants were a team that when he took over was still had the core from the really good teams, right? Still had Posey, still had Brandon Belt, still had Brandon Crawford, right? They, they still had the core from the really good teams of the early and mid 2010s but hadn't found success and obviously bottomed out in 2017. And he took over and very quickly that organization really started turning itself around. And, and certainly they had some prospects that, that came up through the system, but you look at what how the Giants were as effective as they were. It's a lot of under-the-radar signings. It's a lot of dudes that came up through the system and were just like two-win players. You know how desperate I am for just one of these prospects to be a two-win player? I don't need – eventually we do. But I'm not begging for, for these dudes that come to the Tiger system just to be, you know, Mookie Betts or Mike Trout or, or, or Aaron Judge. I'm not begging for a 6, 7, 8, 9, 10-win player. I, I just want someone who, who is slightly above league average. I want somebody in this organization to get called up and just be a one and a half, two, two and a half win player. I'm not asking for all stars even. I'm not asking for three or four or five win players. That that's just what I'm and don't again, they won 107 games last year. I'm not trying to make it sound like that was a, a, a team full of two win players. They certainly had their top end talent and uh, got a lot of really good production from a lot of players. Don't, don't get it twisted, but they had a roster full of dudes who just came up through their system, had really good development and just produced and produced to a good enough level to be a solid everyday starter, a solid utility man that plays 140 days, a, a solid pitcher. That roster was full of them. And I know that this year the Giants have not been as good as they were last year. Totally fair. Totally justified. Um, but at the end of the day, the Giants started turning it around and started heading in the right direction again around when he went over there. And that might just be coincidence. You can even say it is. Sure, it's coincidence. that The, the front office that was already there did it, and he just got on at the right time. Sure, that's totally fair. But regardless... He saw, and again, was under the wing of a great front office, how to develop young players and how to find veterans, right? The Giants, that was another thing they were great at. 
The Giants have been really good at finding veterans under the radar signings that come in and produce in our two win-ish players. It's been something they've been very effective at. They, they've been really good at, at, at calling people up and getting base level production from minor leaguers. And they've been really good at going out and, and bringing outside talent in that has been really productive. So when we look at the two kind of slightly differing front offices or, or ways that teams have found success within the Cubs and the Giants and realize that he was a part of both, to me, it makes this offseason fascinating because. This is a dude who could come in and go, you know what? The past isn't my problem. This is a disaster. And we're going rebuild 2.0. And that's something that you can't be mad about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can be mad at the fact that it's happening, I guess, for sure. But you can't be mad at Scott for it. It feels like I'm talking to third person. <laughs> you, can't, you can't be mad at, at, at Scott Harris for it. Because it's not his fault that we're here. It's not his problem, really, what happened in the past. He's here now. And what happens going forward is all under his watch, and we can definitely judge him critically over what he does from here on out. But he had nothing to do. He had zero ties to the organization before today. So if rebuild 2.0 and i'm not I, I don't think for the record i don't think that they're going to do like full full teardown like i don't think that he's just going to come in and they're just going to sell everybody of remote value away and we're going to suck and, and lose 100 games for the next 5 years i don't think that's going to happen but like mini rebuild 2.0 right like maybe we sell off some of the bigger names that we maybe do have and Maybe Scooble is on the table because you know that you can get a, a, a King's Ransom for that. There's some conversations to have, and we'll talk about those in the offseason. But just as far as directions for this team to head with him added, that's one of them. But also, again, we look at what happened with the Giants, and we look at how he was able to kind of help be a part of pulling that team up when they didn't really ever enter a full rebuild and how he was able to improve that organization top to bottom and get them playing to, cause that core stayed there the entire time and, and just get, fill in around the core of players that were already in place. That's really all the giants did and get them back to some winning ways. So that's another route. He looks at the the skeleton that's kind of here and goes, okay, well, we have some, some young players that we really like that we think are going to be part of the future. We have some long-term free agents that we like. We're going to have them for a part of the future. How do we get the players around them to not be the worst offense in the history of Major League Baseball and all negative win players? How do we do that? Let's go to work. That's definitely a possibility too. And I, and I think... That's where I lean as of today uh, of what is going to happen. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is his ship now. And the past does not matter to him. So if you are a Tiger fan, I, again, I know that you've been nothing but patient. But that's not Scott Harris's problem. It's not. It's not his problem, unfortunately. And I really like the hire. I really like the hire. And I'm really, really excited about 
the things to come. I think this offseason has a a unreal amount, an infinite amount of possibilities, a thousand different directions that this organization can go now. I, I'm so excited. And I think that this is a nice breath of fresh air in the organization. I was terrified they were going to hire inside. And while I'm okay now with one of the dudes in the front office already, like Menzin or whatnot, just getting general manager, because I know that general manager isn't going to be the person calling the shots anymore. I'm fine with it now. I would not have been okay if they had just stayed within the organization and promoted somebody to GM and or president of ops. I would have been really upset. This would be a much different tone that you would have been not hearing from me. I think it was vital. It was, it was necessary. It was the only option in my eyes to go outside of the organization. And they did. And that's awesome. And this dude's 36 with over a decade of baseball experience <laughs> front office experience. That's crazy. That's, that's nuts to me, right? I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. And again, important to, to, to note everything that I've said and that the past doesn't matter to him. But in the same breath, I, I really do lean toward the direction of he's going to want to build a winner sooner rather than later. I, I don't think he took this job, even though it was a promotion, just to then tear it all down again. Maybe he walks a fine line of in the middle. Maybe he does a, a buy and sell thing. I don't know. That's why this is exciting. Because no matter what direction you believe this organization should head, it's possible on September 20th, 2022. New man in charge. He's young. He's savvy. He's creative. That was the biggest problem. The biggest problem. We talked about it earlier in the show that we had with this previous front office. No creativity, none ever. No trading dudes with multiple years left. No, no anything. Young, creative, comes very highly regarded. All the best front office personnel pretty much in the game of baseball say that this is a home run hire. Only time will tell. That's objectively true, unfortunately. There's no one that can go out there and look you in the eye and be like, this is definitely going to work out. And we've laid out why. But it's also, I think, impossible to look at his resume and what he has accomplished so far in his professional career and point at it and go, this is a bad hire. I think that's impossible. I'm really excited. This just gave me a whole new energy for the offseason. Um, you know, the fascinating thing about this, too, and, and we're, we're wrapping up here, I promise, but is that this is when talking about making a good hire. Again, I don't want to repeat myself a million times, but like three years from now, maybe we look back and go, this is terrible. Totally fair. But... This is the kind of hire you make when you do extensive research and have a really, really deep and thoughtful process of hiring and finding your new front office leader. This is the kind of hire that comes out of it because this dude had a job. 
This dude was literally the GM of a team that won 107 games last year. This is the kind of hire you make when you do your dang homework. You poach someone that's good. That's what you do when you do your homework. You don't just promote someone within and go, oh, we'll figure it out. You don't just take what the free agent pool, what the general manager free agent pool has to offer. You don't just look around at who's available and go, well, you know what? This is this is what we have to choose from. No, you get creative. You say, hey, man, we'll promote you. <laughs> we'll promote you if you leave your cozy job over there in San Francisco. This is the kind of hire you make when you do your homework. All signs point to good. It's just a matter of seeing it now. And, and again, after his first move, after his very first move, you could turn around and go, I don't like that. Like, sirens going off. I don't like that. Sure. That, that's, that's, that's what we have to base off of, right, is moves that he makes. But before move one, Based on what we know, there's nothing bad here. I'm really excited. Can't wait to talk offseason with y'all. Uh, tomorrow, we will talk about the Baltimore Orioles, the last two games, right? We'll talk about tomorrow. Well, today's game as you're listening to this, as well as Monday night's game. Um, but yeah, Scott Harris, the new leader. The new helm, the new era of Detroit Tigers baseball is officially upon us. The Alavila era uh, came to a close about a month ago. We had nobody running the show for the month of September and late October. And this offseason, 2022-2023 offseason and the 2023 regular season will be the official start of the Scott Harris era of the Detroit Tigers. And uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen, Locked On MLB. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. We're all in this together, baby. I'm pumped. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to not be excited about this. There's not, again, it's hard to look at what he's done and think about how he's going to construct this roster. Who knows? He hasn't been top dog before. Uh, trades and drafts and such. Who knows how much of a hand he had in it? There's certainly a lot of questions and question marks. I'm not leaving here. I'm not leaving you to go about your day by lying to you and telling you that everything's answered. It's not. There's still spots in the front office open. If we literally don't have a GM right now. That there's still a lot of questions that that are going to be answered. There's still a lot of questions about Scott Harris that are left to be answered. But I think it's objectively really hard to look at it and not be a little excited about uh, what potentially could come. So um, a lot of good other articles out there. Cody Stavenhagen has already written uh, an article kind of summarizing the hire and kind of breaking it down, talking about what he expects. Um a lot of, uh, yeah, the beat writers are, are doing doing the Lord's work, doing a lot of articles and such. Uh, Jeff Passan stole the scoop from him, though. Yeah, got in there and could report it before uh, any of the local dudes could, which I, I like to see the local dudes do it, but whatever. Okay, I'm just rambling. We ball, baby. 
Scott Harris. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. I'll catch you tomorrow. Press conference is today as you're listening to this on Tuesday. So check that out if you have the ability to. And if you don't, we're going to talk about it. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.